Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 35 of the Fitness Devil podcast. Today's guest is Nick Sorrell. I don't even know if I could explain just how nuanced and interesting the conversation we had with Nick today was. We get into a lot of things that a lot of people are probably a little bit uncomfortable touching on. Uh, you know, some healthy discussion about misunderstanding what self-love means, people not knowing what the fuck they actually want, and a lot more conversation that you have to kind of tread carefully with for fear of offending people. And a lot of fitness professionals are simply afraid to get into some of those conversations. So you have to listen to find out what we talked about. A lot of his message gets into the deeper why of what we do as fitness professionals, but also the end client and fitness enthusiast, the deeper why of what motivates them. In addition to that, he gives us a great book, as we always ask for, and just other great fitness tidbits. So please stick around and enjoy it. Shut up and sit down. everyone. Today we've got Nick Sorrell joining us. We'll get right to it. Uh, Nick is an online fitness coach, writer, and purveyor of a lot of no bullshit knowledge. Uh, he has also got the personal experience to back up the work. He's lost over 100 pounds himself. So uh, we're actually really glad to have you on here to share some blunt fitness thoughts, Nick. Welcome. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Good. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I guess... I'll, I'll go with the second half of what I wrote and just uh, what have you been currently up to and most passionately focused on in nutrition and in the fitness world? So, so I, I partnered up with Stronger You. It's like an online nutrition company like back in, I think like the end of November. Um, so like that's been like the primary bulk of my fitness nutrition work has been with them, nutrition coaching. Um, so that's really what takes up most of my time and I don't know, man. Like you, like you know, how it is like, like whenever you start to like actually like get loaded up with clients and stuff, like it goes like a long way as far as like time spent and stuff like that. So I don't know, like just working with those people, it's it's so varied, you know. Working with, I think I like, I don't know, like it's just a lot of people. You have working and doing work shit, man. I've got the same thing right now too. Is like I've been the busiest I've ever been. Massive influx of new clientele. It's been really cool on top of my my base core, and yeah. it's made. Like making enough time to write these and do stuff with this, you know, I have had to squeak it in and then some travel on top of it. But uh, it's it's the goal we all want anyways to have that base. But then once you, we have that base, it interferes with some of the the stuff that beyond that, the content creation, the the other projects. Learning so shit. That's it's fun. And, and of course, learning that's a lot of shit. That's like the hard part is like, like you, like you want to get busy, you know, and you're stressed, like, especially when you first start out, you don't have like a ton of like work or whatever. And like, so you're stressed, like, man, when I, when I finally get, you know, X amount of clients, like I'll be good or whatever. And then you get it and you're like, oh fuck, this is stressful too. <laughs> you know, like it's just a lot. Um, and then like, I also do like consulting on the side and stuff like that, like helping other people with their brands. And so like, I'm doing that. And then like, I do write, but I pretty much, I've, I've gotten to the point where like I write as like a passion project rather than like trying to like position myself as like some sort of like bullshit authority or something um i really just write what i think uh but what's <laughs> weird is like as i've gotten busier with like legitimate work writing has become like less stressful like ironically like the content creation aspect and i think it's because like i don't feel pressure to have to create it because that's like a big thing a lot of people go through is like you know an article a week or you know like a podcast a week or, or whatever uh now i just do it just 
because I legit want to. And I feel like whenever that happens, like the real shit starts to come yeah. out, like the good stuff, you know? Well, that's what I, even if I even if I look at Instagram and it's like I think fucking someone we did this challenge at the post every day and I was like fuck this is hard. The second I stopped caring and just writing what was in my brain, yeah. I started really. I'm like oh I know things better than I do if I just think about it really hard. Dude, that's that's. I was talking <laughs> to a girl yesterday about that. Like, she asked me to look at her her website and give her like feedback and stuff. And I was like, no. Nah. And she's brilliant. She's a real smart girl, Brittany Rand. Uh, and she uh, and I was like, oh, it's it's great, you know. But like, there's like not a lot of you on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could read the shit in a textbook, and that sounds mean or whatever. But like, it's not. It's like real. Like a lot. It's a lot of people put so much pressure and like putting themselves out there. Cause they think like, you know, like what if I put myself out there and people think I'm stupid or people uh, offend people or whatever. But like, I think by putting yourself out there, it's, it's the only fucking way people are going to notice you, yeah. you know, like if you're just like another like textbook voice, like no, like no one cares. There's 40,000 of those dudes out there. Like, you know, and they're all broke. So like, like you got to like show some personality. I have this conversation a lot over the last couple of years, especially I've been in the industry in Edmonton now seven and a half years. And there's a lot of trainers yeah. who are a lot newer to this stuff who I, I don't do any formal mentorships, but a lot of very informal stuff. So a lot of a lot of them come to me with questions. And I'll say this. Yeah. Don't write or create trying to impress me or other yeah. – like Dean Somerset's a local guy here. And like don't try to write and impress Dean because, first of all, Dean and I are not going to fucking buy anything from you. We're not going to hire you as coaches. Right. But instead, write to the end consumer and just don't try to impress anybody. And like yeah. you said, be authentic. And, and I think this is something where a lot of people kind of go wrong with this. Well, they probably just don't yeah. know what they are either. I think, especially a lot of young people, when they feel they have to do something because someone did something, they're not, you just got to kind of fall, what's it, fall your brain. Yeah, well, it's because people get pushed into like, have to like, like know your avatar, right? So like, you're like, oh, so I'm going to work with busy men over 40 that <laughs> want to get in shape and live their best lives only three days in the gym a week or some shit like that, Right. But, like, that's not helpful, like, at all. Um, Works so with like, Brian Cron, yeah. who you just described. Well, dude, I probably described, like, like there's probably three or four dudes listening to this, like, yo, fuck him. Like, he's calling me up, but I'm not, you know? Like, uh, sort of. Like, like, it, 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 he wants you to think about it. Hopefully it offends you enough to, like, maybe think about it. Yeah, because, like, you – that's I think it's like a, like, a, that, that's like a lazy way to position yourself. Yep. So, like, like – so you're not really because like helping men over 40 or whatever like that's not what you're helping actually you're helping people that used to be active properly get back in the gym that haven't been in the gym in 20 years and don't know how to get restarted that's like your your positioning not men over 40 that are busy like that's too lazy like you actually that's not the problem the problem isn't that they're over 40 the problem is the struggle that comes with being over 40 so like they just like don't take it like a step deeper. Does that make sense at all? Absolutely, tons. Yeah, and actually, does speaking to anyone who's listening who's kind of in that age range, John Berardi gone on the Fitcast and explained it this way, and I just I was like, fuck that, that's brilliant. We at a younger age, we have more time. We have the ability to brute force um, kind of extremes with nutrition, extremes with exercise activity, and and becomes a skill we've learned. That skill we've learned, and that paradigm of doing things that way works against us and keeps us from being effective later on when people have kids, they have careers, they have lives, and they do not have anywhere near that amount of time. So they say to themselves, when I get more time, I have this system that I used to do, but they actually need to relearn or learn new skills to work out efficiently. Maybe it's three times a week, maybe it's 45 minute workouts and completely change the old paradigm that once worked for them, but is completely now holding them back. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, that's what that's exactly it. Like you're not you're not helping a person. You're helping a person solve a problem. Like that's like the difference, you know. Like but a lot of people have trouble seeing it that far because they think they have to like niche down like and like immediately. Um, I want you to say some shit. <laughs> so you tend to, and we pulled some stuff from social media just because that's where a lot of your shit lives, and we want yeah. to elaborate on it. So one of the things we found was people not knowing what the fuck they actually want and yeah. how it pertains to our industry and fitness consumers. So kind of the same points. Yeah, so I think I, I don't know if I wrote this on in a private group or like on my public Facebook, that but I Facebook. actually wrote about this like yesterday, the day before. I don't know, like my days run together like when I travel. But uh, a lot of people like think they want something, but they actually don't want something because they don't understand necessarily, necessarily like what it encompasses. So like if you go ask like like literally any person probably, you go to a mall or something and you ask like, hey, like would you want to have like visible abs? No one's gonna be like, nah, man, I'm good. You know, like everybody's gonna be like, yeah, like that sounds dope, right? But like most people actually don't want that. They want it, right? They want to be like running down the beeps looking ripped and shit. But like they don't understand that like abs just aren't like the rippled muscles in your midsection. Like abs are like, you know, getting off away from work and still going to the gym rather than going home and watching Netflix. Abs are like staying on plan, you know, cooking your food rather than disordering pizza. Abs are like skipping out on a night with friends. Uh and staying in and just staying, you know, on plan. Like, so like, that's actually what abs are. Abs are those things. Abs aren't just like the rip dude on the beach or the rip girl or whatever. Like they're all like the decisions you make along the way. Um, and that's like, that's like the, the misconception. So a lot of people are walking around like pissed off, like, like, man, like I wish I had abs. Why don't I have it? It's like, cause you don't actually want it. And that sounds like mean, but it's, it's not meant to be. It's, it's like the number one thing that holds most people back is like delusion, right? We all lie to ourselves in some way. Like everyone does this. Uh, and that's what that's what they're doing. Like, and it's you don't know, you don't know. Like, they don't know that like abs are like you know all the times that suck dick, right? It's the miles and miles of dick sucking though that like <laughs> make those abs worth it, right? So that's kind of like and they they don't even know why they don't want to suck dick. And yeah, it's probably, yeah, probably has something know. to do with like something in their past where this their mom told them fucking we're talking about ice cream but their mom fucking said something that pissed them off and now they're pissed off so now they're not eating it you know what your abs are about your fucking mom saying whatever the fuck she said now you don't want to suck that yeah that's good that yeah made that's, no that's goddamn good. sense whatsoever but it does in terms of <laughs> like good. the metaphors of sucking dick and i'd lost now but basically the problem isn't the problem do what the problem isn't the fucking problem like what no, they want sure. the abs always, isn't the problem always like like so when I so you mentioned I lost hundred pounds. When I lost hundred pounds, it was because so I was like I was always like a decent athlete and I was like fairly smart, which sounds I feel like you sound like an asshole saying shit like that, but I was. <laughs> but because of that, like it, it, it like elicited a lot of like really lazy behavior. Yeah. Because if you're kind of smart and funny and shit and teachers like you, they kinda let you skate by. And if you're like a decent enough athlete, coaches do the same thing. Yeah. Uh like you all can probably speak to that. Uh so like I got I got really lazy like I kind of just got to do what I want to do and when I graduated high school um, I met a girl named Nikki and I really liked this girl right we started hanging out I told her like hey like yo girl I like you or whatever the fuck kids say and um, she was like well I don't like you and it was like the first time in my life I, I I didn't get what I wanted and that like sucked and I pushed back at it you know like as stupid kids do and I'm like why you know and she's like well I'm not attracted to you. Like, what can you be? You know, and she's like, no, like, I'll never be attracted to you, dude. Like, leave me the fuck alone. You know, like that shit. <laughs> and uh, so it, 
that sucked really bad. So I'm like, I'm going to fucking get in shape. I'm going to try to be attractive. And I lost 50 pounds or about 50 pounds. It started like becoming less for her and more for me and stuff like that. But for a long time, I thought that I lost 100 pounds for this girl, but I didn't. That's too lazy, right? That's like too surface level. I, I lost 100 pounds because I didn't want to feel what she made me feel ever again. Yeah. That was the problem. It wasn't her. It was like that feeling that I got. And that's like everything. Like you said, the problem's not the problem. It's yeah. always like one step underneath the surface. When most people don't come to that own conclusion, and I don't want to say that's our job to make them when we kind of had this conversation earlier, but they won't come to that conclusion and it will stay surface level. And that's usually where it comes back. It comes back. Like the weight comes back because they did it yeah. for the girl, but they didn't actually do it for the feeling, which the feeling was eliciting something else. And it's just, it's a rabbit hole worth of holy fuck. It is. It is. And it, it's, it, it, it is hard too, because like, it's one thing to like take it deeper, but then again, like it's, it's because it is a rabbit hole. Like you said, like it's painful. It's so, it's so like abstract and like subtle, like mm. the line you got to like hit. So it, it makes sense why it's very much like a learning process, even even us as coaches, right? So we get it wrong sometimes. And, well, and one of the things is a lot of the psychology behind it is you can't tell them the answer. They have to almost come up with the answer themselves because if you give yes. them the answer, you may formulate in their brain that that's the actual answer when really their answer is their own and they have to fucking figure that out. Because maybe, let's just use the girl for example, maybe you were angry, but if I tell you you were angry, you're going to go, oh, I was angry, but maybe you were actually just sad and you had to fix why yeah. you are sad and... I don't know. That's totally, I think, again, another rabbit hole. But the reason is people don't want to feel the pain associated with whatever that feeling is. So it's like, fuck, I'm going to lose weight. Oh. But then what happens when losing weight doesn't do that for you? Now it's something fucking To else. the coaches listening, because we have our audiences, enthusiasts and, uh, and like trainers and coaches. To the coaches listening, and this one, hopefully most of you guys have figured this stuff out. You can't really tell people no. what to do fuck and what no. decisions to make with any success. When they arrive at that decision themselves and they choose it, that's where you see a lot of success. And the same thing goes to the enthusiast side of things. The people who we've got listeners who are trying to lose weight and get themselves healthier. You guys ultimately will have to arrive at these conclusions and decide this stuff for yourself. It's, it's not something that I can tell you here, you need to do this and that's going to be enough. You actually have to deep down intrinsically decide. I am really going to do this. I want to do this. And how did this come from a Facebook question? Well, no, knowing what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, like what but you like just said good. is exactly it. So like, but, but where a lot of people fuck up is a lot of people. So like the answer, like the, the like catalyst to get, get to like, get them to finally make that decision to make the change is, is 99% of the time, like a very painful thing. Um, and, Pain, you know, pain, understandably so, is something that, like, causes, like, a lot of, causes, like, a lot of in inhibition, right? So, like, we're afraid yeah. to, like, really dive into things that are painful. Um, but that's, that's, like, the only way you're going to fucking change. Um, like, you have to experience some sort of pain. And that that's why pain is there. It lets you know something is wrong. Like, it's not like, oh, just ignore it or some shit like that. And that's like a big problem nowadays. We just interviewed Sarah Ashman, who we will release. Like by the time people are listening to this, that episode well, will have been out a week. And she said something about people have to get to a point where like shit is so unacceptable <laughs> that yeah. they are motivated to well, change. And they basically have to live in unacceptable. And I don't want to say they have to, but you got to go to uncomfortable and feel whatever you need to feel. I don't know what the fuck that is. So you're motivated to say, I don't want to ever, I don't want to live like you this. You just anymore. have to like experience like real genuine fucking pain. Yeah. But like, like naturally we're adverse to it, but like nowadays in our society, especially like we're told like, you know, vibes only and all this other bullshit, you know, stuff like that. But like, 
that's like a really dumb fucking way of handling yourself. Like that's like if a ship is sinking and you're just like ignoring it. Like no, bitch. Like plug a hole or something. You'll well, do something. Uh, yeah. Well, but I, yeah. So like, and, and I know like you you had messaged me about this Dean, like the whole self love thing. Like, you know, if if a girl and it's like it's always hard to speak on this because like it is like a very hard subject for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if someone is like, if some girl is like crying herself to sleep because she doesn't like the way she looks, telling her like, yo, just love it is a really ignorant and not helpful and almost disgusting thing to do, except I know it's usually meant to be helpful. And it's almost disgusting because like it's, it's making sure that she stays in that like horrific state. You know what I'm saying? Like when she can change it, you know, it's not like she's paralyzed or something like terrible. Like she can do something and she's clearly not happy. Being like, yo, just love it. Like, no, bro, this shit sucks. I'm not going to do that. But then that's why a lot of people stay the way they stay, you know? Well, this is one of the questions we were going to ask, so we definitely want to go down that a little bit more. Uh, I've, I am a big believer in, in kindness towards everybody. Like, I can't yeah. preface this enough. I've also been a vocal critic of the extremist end of the body acceptance movement. Uh, I do believe that everybody shouldn't have to look like uh, the cast of Baywatch from the early 90s, I guess it was around. The new one was pretty good looking too. (laughs) Or the new one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like Zac Efron. Dude looks incredible. But I do not think you are helping anybody. The people who drive the narrative, the extremist ones, the ones behind it, the loud ones, I don't think you're actually helping anybody by yelling and screaming at that anything, everything is fat shaming. Genuine fat shaming is evil shit. Don't do it to people, please. For the love of God. Don't look at someone who's overweight and struggling and judge them or just do anything that's going to make them feel shitty. Please, for the love of God, don't do shit like that. But when you are also telling people to accept the status quo and anything that comes near obesity is healthy and the denial of an overwhelming library of medical fact that says obesity is going to increase the risk of a whole bunch of just bad health outcomes... Those people need to fuck off and go away too. And I think that what you're saying about, you know, self-love, I think we always want to try to be positive about ourselves, but I really do believe we want to motivate people or allow them to be motivated to make positive changes so they can be happier and not try to push them into just accepting the way shit is and try to fake being happy. Because guess what? That's crap. Well, it's like, it's, it's, it's like if your, if your bedroom is messy, you know? And someone tells you like, oh, it's, it's okay. Just be happy with it. Like at least you have a bedroom or some shit like that. And it's like, like, no, like if you love your space, you know, like your house or whatever, like you clean it. That, that is, that is like pride or love or whatever. So like self love is actually taking care of yourself, yes. not just accepting that things are subpar. And the reason being like self love very much is like putting like a bandaid on a battle wound. It's very much like a short term, like in the moment, like when a girl's sewed or a guy, like, you know, it's primarily women, but I'm sure there are guys too. Uh, you know, you're told like, "Oh, just love yourself." You're, like, you're beautiful the way you are, and stuff like that. You know, and while that's true or whatever, like, it gives you like that short term like burst of feeling like satisfied or happy or whatever. Very much in the same way that like, when some pissed off recently divorced middle aged man that just got fired, you know, turns to alcohol for like the short term like release, right? That's not helpful, right? You got to solve the problem. Like, go fucking get a new job. Like, tell your ex wife to fuck off. Like, whatever. You know, like. Like, you have to, like, start fixing stuff. Well, that, um, yeah. And that's where addiction is. You People usually define it with that dude that fucking lost job and goes smacks of bold right. crystal meth. But 
All an addiction is is a defense mechanism to fulfill that void of pain with something that is the fucking opposite. And yeah. basically, you telling someone it's okay to whatever. I'm not even going to attack the self-love thing. But making someone feel okay for the things that they should be feeling. Oh. It's a short-term strategy that is going to produce nothing long-term for them. And then they're still going to have to feel the things they want to feel if they have to fucking lose the fucking weight. And I think it's challenging because on one side of the spectrum, you get the people who are literally denying the fact that obesity will kill people. Uh, and then you have on the other side of the spectrum, you know, assholes who are quite literally shouting at people, hey, yeah. fatties, and just a lot of this really heinous shit, too. And it, it's got to be driving up the middle of that stuff. It's got to be it coming, right. it's gotta be coming from a compassionate place of pure kindness. That's, that's exact. Like, so sometimes people, like, tell me, like, oh, you're, like, no bullshit and all this other stuff. And, and sometimes I don't like being painted that way because a lot of, t- a lot of times people, like... They present themselves as being like no BS, but they're actually just like assholes, and like that's not the same thing, right? Good um, point. So like, the the only way to like really be real with people is to also do it compassionately. Like you have. Oh, we lose them. Like they're think right. of like your best friends, yeah. right? They're the people that are willing to be like, like yo, Dean, like <laughs> you know, quit fucking up, dude. Like they, they push back at you, you know, yeah. and it's not because they're assholes. Like they maybe they are, but like in this like scenario, like it's because they care about you, right? So, realistically, like, the only way to really do, like, the no bullshit, like, real honest type, you know, whatever, is to also come at it from, like, a place of love, you know? So, like, it's it's a really, like, tricky place, and sometimes that's why I hate, like, being painted like that, because most people that are painted like that are just, like, dicks. Actually, that's a good distinction, too, and I'm glad you pointed out, because that's the first thing I love, but there's no bullshit, but you're right, there are people like, um, and I don't want to draw too much attention to people like this, but fuck it, I'll say it, a guy like John Burke who snuck in there, there's actually some good fitness stuff, but there's also a lot of, you know, under the guise of no bullshit, there's a lot of pretty rough stuff that yeah. tends to ruffle the industry's feathers. And I think a lot of people in our corner industry are not necessarily inclined that way, but certainly don't like a guy like that. But uh, you got to know it's out there because hopefully people won't go in that direction and conduct themselves that way. And you're right. I think that people can use the, the no bullshit or, oh, like political correctness is crap, and I think political correctness is crap. But you don't use it as an excuse to be quote a fucking asshole. So well, right, it was like it's like anything like talking about politics. Like use, like, you know, be careful. But like usually, yeah. it's not like any extreme. It's correct. It's not. It's kind of like in the middle, like back and forth. You know, like usually. Um, and I feel like that's kind of how you have to come with it. Come at this stuff also is like don't be an asshole, but don't be like be delusional either. You have to kind of like come in the middle. Like if you read my stuff, I do like attack a lot of sensitive ideas. Like, I don't attack people, like, at all. Um, and, like, that's how you have to do it. Well, and this goes into our next question of just people making life changes and talking about these extremes from one end to the other. And people get crushed by the reality of the experience, but others seek to feel extremes on either end of the spectrum. So could you kind of, would you discuss the reality of approaching life changes without being on either one of those fucking sides? So, 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 so. It, it, it's it's like so complicated because it changes person to person. Most people generally, I, so I'm gonna talk about like two types of people, but like the general person, very much needs a very realistic approach. Um, so something that, that is sustainable. So and th- this is where a lot of like normal people fuck up, right? And a lot of people listening to your podcast already know this. You all know it. Like a lot of people try to do too much from the get go. Yeah. You know, they crash diet, so they start dieting like 1,200 calories. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go to the gym six days a week or like four days a week, twice a day or some shit like that, or run in the morning and weights at night and stuff like that. And that's, that's not sustainable long-term. So like 
that extreme. Well, realistically, like you'll see results faster if you do that shit, but you're not going to do it long term. So you're not going to see the results. Right. Uh, so you have to find something you can do long term, um, which is usually like something that fits your lifestyle. So you have to kind of bridge it to the person. Now, with that said, though, a, there are a lot of other people, excuse me, um, that do sometimes need an extreme. And a lot of times these are people coming from more extreme backgrounds also. So like uh, like people dealing with eating disorders, it's, it's the same thing like alcoholism, right? So like, like when you're talking to a general person, like, hey, man, it's drinking bad. Like, no, you know, like one or two drinks a week or whatever, like that's like you're good. Um, but like for an alcoholic, it's like, no, don't drink. So you, sometimes like an extreme makes sense for the person. Like I, I work with a guy right now that's dealing with he's dealt with like long term binging. And uh, for him, like a lot of the fixes actually are extremes because some typically when you coach, you want to meet the person where they're at and then you lead them the way. Right. And they have to make a decision, but that's you meet them where they're at. Sometimes, though, if you meet someone too close to where they're at, they don't have any reason to go anywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah and it certainly so makes sometimes sense. Sometimes you have to like be like, dude, you got to come this way. It certainly makes sense that like this dude can't do just a little binging. It's just like a little heroin. Like, no. Yeah, you, like you have to like like no. So like the other day he was like, and he's come a long way. Um, he, I forgot what he was. He was talking about how he's always had like a when he he hits like a new milestone, he feels like the need to like reward himself. And like, like, I, like I totally get that. And for like a normal person, I think that makes a lot of sense. But for him, I was like, it's like, dude, maybe we should just not do that. Like, just skip that part because, like, that's usually what gets him tripped up. He feels the need, the sense that he needs some kind of re- reward, so he eats a little extra. And the way binging goes, you give yourself an inch and you take a mile, right? And it turns into like four plates of nachos and twelve donuts and whatever. Well, and let's actually hit on that reward thing. I, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but this is actually a really good point. One of the strategies with this is, you know, for anyone listening, coaches or enthusiasts, stop thinking about food as a reward for good behavior. You know, oh, I had a good week. I behaved myself, my nutrition, I went to the gym, and now I deserve this. No, that's bullshit. If you want a reward, make it a non-food reward. Shift reward into something. You know what you want? You did well? Great. Go see a movie on that weekend or have some other experience. Buy yourself something nice yeah. but that is not fucking food. Okay. Now yeah, yeah. that being and, said, and money's a good anal- analogy. Like, say you're trying to save money to buy a car or something, and you save for a month, and you're like, "Oh, yes, I saved for a month." Then you still don't have enough money, but you're like, "I'm gonna go reward myself and buy some clothes." Sure. Like, go no, ahead. bro. Like, the reward's coming. Like, you you gotta go. Like, the car. You know, like keep going. Like, that's the reward. Like, you you're just like shortchanging yourself. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, you can find a non-monetary reward that maybe is experience you don't have to pay anything for. Yeah. So inversely, like with the money situation, like maybe food is the reward. Yeah. So like with food, maybe you do go buy something like you have to find like an alternative reward if you're going to have one, you know? And another thing too is, I mean, now for anyone who you say, oh, I can never enjoy anything with food as a reward. No, it's just, you reframe the reward. It's a treat. And this is, I do tons of this with clients. I want you to think about and plan proactively ahead a night out with your partner that I always use the example of sushi or if it's pizza or whatever. And you take that food away from being conditional on the behavior. And it's something that they get to have as a treat. It's just, it's no longer a reward relationship. Maybe this is a good question for you too. What what point do you, um, you address the issue in which they need to feel a reward and you're switching out a reward for another reward at what point in your coaching or if you ever do, when do you kind of address the, we talked about the real shit. Uh, 
Or do you? Like, that, that might be something we're not, like, and that's totally normal, too. So, so typically what I do is, so there's, like, a few different types of clients, right? So you have the people that are just, like, robots. You tell them to do, and they just fucking do everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have people that, that, that are willing to do it, but they just don't understand it. They're very new to the game. It's very much explaining. And then you have people that, like, like shit pops off, like fires happen and stuff. And those are usually the people that you need to take deeper because there's something missing there, right? That's why they keep slipping up. So it's like, you know, why haven't I seen, or why am I seeing slow progress? I only lost two pounds this week or something. And then you have to like explain like, hey, like you have to reframe what like the, what real fat loss is like in terms of like rate and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's like going into their expectations. And that's kind of like when you take it deeper is like when there's like a reason to, it's very like dynamic though. Yeah. Yeah. No, that answered my question completely. Again, at this point, as a coach and doing it enough, you're going to kind of know when it needs to happen because at some point you're going to lose someone and you have to kind of make a change, a different one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's have more fun with some more of the stuff that you write on. Uh, this one's good. We got lots of stuff you write so, on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you made a post about motivation. I found this one kind of fun. Uh, and how people say, quote, I'm doing it for my kids, end quote. Yeah. And you responded by saying, quote, I hate that answer because it's a shitty fucking answer, end quote. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. there's some context to this. Uh, and you use this uh, example of a Susie and her mom. Explain that. Explain the process. So explain that story or yeah. just like... Well, I guess this, the story, but also like the underlying thinking and the thought process behind that. So, okay. Um, so there's that story. And I actually, I did a talk like two years ago. It was the same thing. Um, and it, it goes all the way back to people not knowing their why and stuff like that. Like the first kind of question, like not knowing what they want and stuff. Um, like doing it for your kids isn't necessarily like, it's so important because obviously your kids are important. Probably they probably should be. Uh, but it's not necessarily like specific enough. Like you have to take it a little bit deeper. So I remember like two years ago, I remember asking like a girl or a, a woman, a lady, uh, like she had done a nutrition challenge and I asked her like why she did it. She said the same thing. It was like for her kids. Um, I was like, why did you do it for your kids? They're like, well, I want to be able to you know, play with them. I'm like, why do you want to play with them? They're like, because like, uh, like my parents didn't play with me or something like that. I was like, like, you know, why that? And she's like, because or I was like, why is that the reason or something like that? And she goes, uh, I forget exactly what she says. She says something along the lines of like, like it made me feel bad. Like, so that's the reason you don't want your kids to, feel the way she felt right um so like with Susie, you know that's not a real name but like uh Susie. yeah and her mom uh her mom was one of those clients that very much was a robot like she like i'd ask her like hey you need anything she's like no all right <laughs> yeah see you later you know uh and she lost 50 pounds and i remember when she she first reached out like she was like oh my god i i finally lost 50 like can i call you blah blah, blah. and like like, I'm sure you guys have had situations like this when that when that you know call type thing comes up. It's very much like a celebratory thing. Like you all are like, oh my god, I'm so excited. And they're like, oh thank you, and it's like this big like hug fest thing. Um, but when I call her, she's like literally like bawling her eyes out. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like what did I do? You know. Um, so we start talking, and she has a daughter who is in high school, and her daughter's bigger and like fairly large, and uh. Her daughter, while nice and liked and like a good student, like a good young lady, um, I just felt so old saying young lady, but uh, <laughs> she, yeah, she, uh, she, she gets 
you know, how high school is like she's been getting picked on and well, it's not to like justify it, you know, like it's terrible when kids do that. Like this shit happens in high school. Um, and there's like a series of stories and stuff and I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but the one that was like the worst is like a dude she liked, like sets like some mean stuff sexually about her. Like that's, that frames are bad, but like, I don't know. But yeah, so it, it upset her a whole lot. And she's so Susie's mom saw her in pain. And she lost weight, not for her daughter, but to show her daughter that she could take control too and not feel that pain again, which I, I feel like is kind of like the narrative so far as like, there's always something like really, really painful that's the catalyst. And for, for Susie's mom, it was seeing her daughter in pain that made her feel horrific, right? Uh, and for Susie, like, maybe it was that pain specifically and then seeing her mom be able to do it, like realizing like she can take control. And that's kind of like what you said earlier uh, is... Like it, you have to like make the decision for yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, you know, forces so, her to make that decision. Sounds like the story of Nick and that girl that he liked back in the day. Yeah, and yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I think hers is a little harsher, but yeah, I, I think hers is a little harsher too. But uh, it's funny how much these sort of situations happen, and it's not the first time I've heard a story like that. That was kind of the kick in the pants for someone to say, "All right, well, I need to make well, a life change." And the whole point of this isn't for our listeners to be, "Oh, there's always something fucked up." But it's just like ask yeah. well ask yourself, am I feeling this for this reason or is it for another reason? And what am I doing? What's my defense mechanism? For some people it's fucking skydiving, for some people it's use heroin, for some people it's yeah. eating food, for some people it's exercise and just kind of distinguish between are you doing it for something else or are you doing it for what you actually want? And those no, two that, things are very hard really to good. realize. Because that is, that is it. Like you look at yourself, anyone that thinks about fitness, like look at yourself and be like, Am I happy with my body or my health or yeah. whatever it is and you know you, if you're already looking at fitness probably no and you're like okay so then the next question becomes like what do i need to do to get in shape and like all right well i need a diet i need to work out i need to do this i need to do that okay now what are those going to take away from that you're doing currently like well i probably can't go out with my buddies for beer on thursday and watch the games or whatever and i probably have to skip out on you know, the softball league so I can get in the gym with my trainer or whatever. Um, and then you, then you decide like, okay, so is it more important to go about buddies or is it more important to diet? And you, you legit just have to weigh it. And if for, for whatever reason going out with your buddies is more important or say you're starting a, starting a business and you need to go home and work, maybe that's more important. So like there, there are like legit reasons or legit like situations in which like it's a good reason. It's the precedent, right? Yeah. And it's just being really, real with yourself like being honest like okay that's more important than fitness for now like okay that's cool but if it's not right if like you do like really want to get in shape and you keep doing those things all of a sudden your actions are not in line with your goals like what you want and i think that's why a lot of people walk around like so fucking depressed and pissed off and shit like that nowadays like depressed is probably the wrong word but like there's like a disconnect there right your actions aren't in line with what you want so like you just have to be like self-reflective and like self-aware Call it entering the matrix, but it's like if someone's getting in shape because, well, I don't know, I'm gonna use Susie for example, but Susie was mad because fucking Buddy made comment about her, she's gonna lose weight. That's fleeting. She needs to lose weight because she wants to feel healthier. So it's just like there's a reasonable answer, and then there's the reason where she's trying to prove fucking Johnny wrong. Right. Well, Those we'll both lead like, to different places, like, probably, and one doesn't it go to It probably actually isn't Johnny. Like, because that's, that's yeah. how, like, you want to, like, relationships like any kind of romantic shit like 
it means so much in the moment, but like then like a year later, like you look back and you're like, like man, like why was I even with her? You know, like shit like that. <laughs> Fucking Susie so, like, again. Right, yeah. So with her, like, it probably wouldn't be that kid, it would probably be more along along the lines of like me, like that feeling that it gave her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then it's just like once again, like finding that specific thing. Because like while everyone should want to be healthy, everyone on the planet knows they should be healthy. They should do healthy shit, right? Yeah. But, like, that's that's not enough, you know? Like, telling someone that is, is not enough. You have to find, like, the reason to make them want it. Like, sort of like saving money. Everyone knows saving money is a good idea, but, like, none of us do it as well as we should probably, right? So, like, it's kind of like finding the reason why. But then, you know, say you get a kid and you have to save money or your kid stars and it's either, like, go to prison or save your money – like then it becomes like important enough. Well, yeah. Single guy like me, go to prison. Sure. fucking money, and I hate myself for it. Like I, I find myself buying organic bullshit for no reason, <laughs> and I don't know why. Just <laughs> like, go, to, go to prison. They got it taken care of, dude. <laughs> you don't have to so spend any money. Like I, I put it like in my basket. Single guy, the single guy basket, and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? Like I don't know why. What's the single guy basket look like? I'm not single, so you can tell. Do you have a well, single guy basket? What? Do you have a uh, single guy basket? No, I don't give a shit. I mean, car basket, you know, like <laughs> like the handheld one. Because you're not bond for a whole family. You don't need the whole car. Oh, you know, you oh, the, this, like the literal. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah I, I go in with those fucking baskets you hold in your hand. I don't. I don't care the car, basket. Except in Costco, in which case I bring the cart because I load that thing up because the amount of food. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> like, no, I don't need. Yeah, I use a fucking car. He Andrew's huge. He doesn't. He needs a cart probably mostly on a good. Yeah, day. he probably does. That's like a single meal for Andrew. You know, like. If you, if you had a family, Jesus, you need two oh. carts, man. Dick, I'll be coming down to Kansas City again if you're able to make it. I'll be like 15 pounds bigger than I was last year when you. Dude, met I remember the first thing I said to you last year when I met you, because you, you were staying with a uh, Johnny, I think, and maybe <laughs> Eric. Is that, is that, is that who you roomed with? No, I, I was actually by myself, but um, he was in all oh, the rooms. So that's just the room you were in. But I remember I walk in and I hadn't seen oh, you. Oh, oh, oh! I was hanging out with um, so. I was in the room with Eric Bach because I'd actually talked to Eric before we went down there. I had yeah. him on social media. It was the first time I met him. And then Robbie Farlow was there and uh, yeah. Carter Good. And that's kind of how I met you. So, yeah, we were sitting and drinking scotch in, uh, I think it was Eric's room. Yeah. Yeah. So I walk in. I look over. I didn't know who you were. And I look over. I'm like, oh, fuck. You're Jax. And you were like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's a fitness conference. I figured more people would be or something like that. Like, <laughs> it's it was like pretty funny. me and like Jay Ashman's the only guy like really kind of the same sort of size and and shape. And then there's a few other like big dudes or, or Jay's tall, tall huge, guys. Yeah. Jay's these monsters. We were just chatting with him this morning when we had Sarah on. And then I look around. And there's like a lot of slender dudes and and you know girls of various different shape or whatever. And like. A lot, a lot of smaller guys. I'm just like, what the fuck? How the hell am I the largest person in here in terms of stature? It's because they're spending too much time re- reading like PubMed studies, and not like in the gym. You know, like that's that's what it is. <laughs> you, you know what? You're not entirely wrong. Um, this leads to this leads to fitness professionals. Um, essentially, there are some areas you feel and Facebook, but there's some areas that you feel fitness professionals are failing to get through to clients. And how do you feel we can better serve and better communicate to create kind of better outcomes? <sighs> okay, so I think I actually wrote about this, which is maybe no, where you got the question no, from. No, uh, no, see, no, actually, I made this question, so he didn't write this one. Oh, he didn't I write made, this one? No, he didn't write this one. You should write it. Now, just do the pre-talk, talk yourself through it for the podcast and go write it. Done. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I wrote it. Like, just other, I got asked my college kid to write a bunch of shit, and that, that was, like, one of the things, like... How do you feel like you can benefit your profession or something? But uh, so I, I think what a lot of people 
I think I, I'm trying to think of like the way to articulate it, but I think a lot of times coaches go. So you guys have heard the phrase like water versus deeper. Yeah. You know, yeah. like so like uh, you can help someone with like a million different things, kinda, or you can help them with one thing thoroughly. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tons of and sense. I think a lot of times people don't give enough in the area someone is struggling with in general. So like, so like what I said, so like earlier with like the, uh, you're like, how do you take things deeper and get real somebody? And that question comes up and it's like a, like reframing weight loss. Yeah. I think a lot of coaches in that scenario would be like, Oh, that's not realistic. Like one or two pounds, like just be patient. Like you're, you're doing great. Like, which they're right. Um, but that's, that's a lazy fucking answer. That's superficial um, shit. It doesn't go to the core of it. Yeah. Like that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't, the, the real problem in that scenario is like they're frustrated. That's the problem. Like, okay, so how do you cure, cure that problem? It isn't don't feel that. That's not helpful. That's that's lazy. Like, but it's not purposely lazy. I think it's like, like unconsciously, like you're being like a dickhead, but you don't realize it. Um, so like, what you need to do if you're a good coach is you you fix that problem. So they're frustrated, right? So you reframe the mindset, like what I said. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where a lot of coaches struggle. And I, I don't. I, I used to think that like it was a lot of people being lazy, like purposefully, but I think they don't know. No. Um, you're right. Uh, like you got to take things deeper with someone, like give a little something, you know what I'm saying? Like take the deep dive with somebody. Now the, the trouble with that is like what you said earlier, Dean is like the rabbit hole aspect yeah. is it gets complicated really fast. Oh yeah. So like you have to do that, but like, and, and, and it, and it takes more out of you. Like that's, that. And this actually, Goes, it's like, oh, you're cutting out. Is there? Okay. You're cutting out a little bit. I was just going to say, this goes back to like, how can we help? And like, I was thinking as you're walking through it is that I don't think that they're being, like you said, malice or lazy. I right. think that part of the problem is a lot of like, and you went through this process is they haven't gone through the process themselves to even, I call it being unplugged, but they aren't unplugged to what the fuck they're doing. And so yeah, it's hard yeah, to feel totally, that and totally know that they're not doing like, it that's exactly like it's it's very much about being self-aware yeah and that's my my biggest strength as a coach isn't necessarily like like my knowledge or whatever like i'm not alan aragon and shit like that <laughs> it's it's the fact that like like i frequently go through struggles myself yeah. like i myself am a very broken person uh so but 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 whenever you like realize that you take the deep dive yourself and you try to fix that problem, like go through the process yourself. You start to realize like how it is and how like a lot of these things that are holding people back are actually like the exact things they need to be doing. Oh, yeah. um, you want to hear something even fucking crazier? So I think it's yeah. like, I think his name's Gabor Tate, um, talks about childhood trauma, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people that get into the industry of helping people, whether it's psychology, uh, fitness professionals, yeah. Yeah. doctors, they're fulfilling their need. So their addiction is helping people because they don't want to feel the shit that they want to feel. Mm -hmm. So they end up going to surface level stuff with people because they're fixing them faster, lazy, but they're ignorant mm -hmm. to that fact, but it makes them feel better. So that's where feeling what you need to feel as a professional that's in the business of helping people, if you have a problem, is probably a good place to start because you're not actually helping them. It's lazy. Right. They don't know that, but they think they're helping, right. but they're just helping themselves. And that's right. the rabbit right. hole right there you want to talk about. <laughs> That, oh, I mean, that makes it, it's like comedians. Like comedians yeah. are frequently depressed. Oh. Happy, you know, like so. Like it makes sense, like what you said. Like, yeah, and that's like that's like totally like 
out of scope, but like that's generally what some of the research is converging to in certain situations like that. And that's why it's like a self-perpetuating cycle of people are helping people initially. It's just, it's not, I don't want to say it's not real change because it is. It's just, it could yeah. be better when you get that mm. trust. But well, I think, you know, like a lot of this stuff, it can, someone listening mistakenly feel like, you know, some of the surface level stuff or well-intentioned is somehow bad. And I, I don't think that's true no, at all. I think that, at all. I, I think I that a lot of these people, what we would like to elicit is people to, like you've said, your whole message this whole time has been deeper. What, mm. Why are you doing it? And taking it a lot deeper. Like that's a common theme with everything we discussed here today. What was yeah, that? We're good. Okay, we're good. Uh, some noise popped up on his computer. <laughs> I think that hopefully we can take people who are doing a lot of good and a lot of well-intentioned things and get them to dig into it a little further. And yeah. I think that will lead to better results for your clientele. And perhaps even be introspective for yourself as to the true deep meaning of why you're doing this stuff. And sometimes it might mean confronting some ugly shit that you're trying to Painful. cover up. And I think in helping other people, this sort of goes to what you're saying. In helping other people, perhaps you are masking the own the shit that maybe you got yourself to deal with. But and that's again, not to that's, say that's, that ever. It's not to say ever. It comes full circle. It's not to say everyone has a fucking problem, but. If you fucking ask yourself that tough question and you can't come up with an answer, like you're either fucking perfect or like you got to figure out some shit and ask some tough questions. And I just don't think most people are going to do that. And that's fine. But that's yeah. where we have a big, I call it a line in the sand where people aren't willing to cross. And the people that have crossed it do a lot of fucking good things in this world because yeah. they've well, been unplugged. Like you have to admit, like not everyone has a big problem. That's 100% true. Yeah. But most people coming to a coach do have a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So like that's uh, like in that thing I did for that college kid, like they were like, 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 what is your profession or something like that? And like I do like a bunch of different things now, um, like consulting and coaching and like a little bit of writing and this and that. So like, I, but so like for a long time I struggled with, and you guys are probably struggled with this too, right? Like, so like what you tell people you are, maybe you don't. Uh, Definitely do. I, I did for a long time, and I, I eventually just came to like came to the term of like being a problem solver. Like that's what I am. I got to solve problems, and that's. That's like what coaching is. You're solving problems. Absolutely. And I think everyone's gone. Well, you know what? That's that's part of the next question is I don't think everyone has come to their own conclusions on that. But you've talked about it before and we're talking about it now. But people are blind to the things that are holding themselves back from success. Trainers, people, everyone at some point mm -hmm. for making a positive change. What do you suggest people do to recognize this? Because I guess that comes down to we've kind of danced around it. But what is one actionable thing that people can do to kind of not become unplugged, but at least ask that question that's going to make them think about it. They, they can choose to go there or not, but what's something that they can do to get there? Easy. So so one thing, I think it's really important for people to check themselves constantly. Uh, and it's so much easier said than that. But anytime any kind of dispute pops up in your life, whether it's like an argument with your spouse or something at work, or anytime there's a, a problem, like, we very much like a defense me mechanism. Like we very much want to think that we're not in the wrong. Um, and that's why people get so fucking heated about like arguments and stuff like that. Because like if, if they lose, like it's not just a lost argument, but like now you're wrong and people don't want to feel that way. Um, so I think it's really important. Like anytime something pops up, pops up, whether it's an argument or a setback, you know, say you get fired from your job. I got, I got fired from a gym like two or three years ago. Um, I worked at this place, this place called Proformance, which is like the biggest gym in Louisville, like most successful like training studio. And uh, there, there were three owners. There was one primarily that like he and I butted heads a whole lot, 
and he's a everything he said he was highly successful and everything he said I actually agreed with but he was always coming at it from like this like disingenuous place so like he kind of felt like a con man and it always just rubbed me the wrong way so I kept pushing back at him like I kept challenging him and stuff like that and I kept doing it and kept doing it kept doing it got fired and for a long time I was like 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 dude no like you're a piece of shit like whatever but then I, then I asked myself like you know was I in the wrong and like at the end of the day like yeah, like you can't just go pushing at your boss over and over and expect to keep your job, right? So I had to realize like that was just part of it. Um, like so, it's 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 looking back at like any kind of hurdle or whatever. Like like how could I have been better? Like how how did I fuck up? You know, like what did I do wrong? And like you you, it's like an uncomfortable question. But, like you have to do that. Like you have to because like by doing it, like you keep yourself positioned correctly. Like you don't go too far off the rails and. Sometimes, like, you're not going to even be in the wrong. Uh, you have to, like, stay aware, like, and be wondering, like, hey, you know, like, where am I fucking up? Well, and my biggest thing, and I've gone through this similar process, is, like, not the why, but, like, if you're angry at something, again, why are you angry? Is it, are you actually angry? Like, someone fucking beat your fucking car. That's a good reason to be angry. Yeah. But is your boss sounding like a <laughs> fucking prick? Why does that make you mad? And kind of realizing what good and bad triggers are, and then basically having that question and understanding when you're feeling the things you're feeling, is it reasonable? Yeah. And then kind of, that's when the soul searching yeah. comes, but you need to get that one block and just ask yourself that question. Like, why am I so fucking mad right now? And Dude, is that yes, reasonable? Like you, yeah. And people lose, they lose track of their emotions all the fucking time. Like it's what leads people to do like any, like my little brother is always in his fucking feels, but like he's 22 or something, uh, always in his feels like with girls and stuff. And he's always like just putting himself out there being like desperate and this and that. And like, I'm like, dude, like what you're doing, like is pushing these girls away. <laughs> he like, stop, you know, but he just like, won't stop and look at himself like that. Like he just, he feels the emotion just runs with it. You know what I'm saying? Like you all, you have to question it. And it's so much easier said than done because like when emotions hit hard, like we very much go like subconscious, you know, yeah. like another shot of us. Uh, I think Carl Jung called it like your shadow self or whatever. Uh, like there's, and it's what people like experience in addiction. Like it's, it's very much like animalistic. Uh, you have to like stop and stay like self-aware and like take a deep breath. You know, um, that's what like with that guy that binges, like one of the first things we did, I was like, next time you see a binge coming on or feel it coming on, literally sit down, put a clock, like a timer on for 10 minutes and just sit there and think, just think about it. The, uh, the thing you said, oh, go it ahead. Worked. You first. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing you said about, you know, the relationship you have with that former boss and recognizing that I had something fairly similar and yeah. it goes to, I found some of the people that are most difficult to deal with in the world are people who are not self-aware, who very mm. much have a victim mentality and externalized blame for everything. And they are in completely incapable of recognizing their own behavior and how they contribute to problems. And so of course <clears throat> I worked for a commercial facility for about six years before I left a year and a half ago. And it's actually a great company. I've worked with a lot of really amazing people but at the specific location I was at, there were some problems. There was some really unprofessional conduct going on within the place. And some of it was swept out over time and some of it never was. And I've talked about this sort of thing before. But what I realized over time and towards the end when I chose to leave is it was making me negative. And I contributed to the overall environment because I was so aggressive in trying to deal with it. And some of the stuff I think needs to be dealt with. We're talking about sexual harassment. We're talking about multi-level marketing, recruitment, and theft of service within the place. And, and I was looking out for a lot of the young people there and a lot of the, and the company as a whole, because I cared about it. But 
it drew me into battles and to very negative and toxic sort of mindset that I allowed myself to participate in. And I was part of it too, because of that. And then ultimately I chose, I, I need to leave. And it's for everybody's betterment because I'm unable to win some of these battles. I can't yeah. make this environment better and uh, I'm no longer going to take responsibility for it. I'm going to care for me, my clientele and, and focus my energies in a very positive direction. So I think it's really important to look at us and say, no, no, it's, it's not just everybody else's fault, but we are somehow contributing to these negative situations that we find ourselves in and just fuck off with blaming everybody else for it and just failing to understand what the role we play in this stuff. I, I wrote, I wrote something about that recently talking about how like, like, I think, I think I was actually talking about like some kind of political thing, but like <laughs> how a lot of people feel slighted in some way, like it's easier for you than it is for me. Like, okay, well, it, you would be a lot better off, even if that's true, you would be a lot better off pretending as if it were all on you. And like, that doesn't like justify like any kind of slight or whatever, but like th it doesn't help you to get caught up on that. And also like, sort of like what you did, you're self-aware. You're like, all right, well, this is my boss's gym. This is his house. Like I can't win that. You know, like that's cool. I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, like you took control, you know, like you made, you put it on you. And I think it's what a lot of people need to do. Uh, I was at a seminar in Virginia. We were speaking in fuck, we're Richmond, I think. And, uh, stronger you and one of the dudes i work with named josh he was talking about how like uh he, he was making like a sandcastle analogy about how like uh you know we all have like our own little sandbox and you know we all have our own types of sand so like maybe josh has like one type of sand he can build one type of sandcastle you know it makes it look real pretty maybe the fucking rock has like the best fucking sand ever does, you know sure. but if you get there and if you just look at the, the rock sand and get pissed off and like man if i had what he had i would be so much better off like well you don't you know, so like, what do you have? All right, well, you have this thing. Like, all right, well, let's make the best of it. You know, so even if, yeah, like you don't have it as good, it is harder for you. That sucks. But like, it is what it is. Like, you just have to try, you know, and a lot of times, like, if you look at like the most inspirational stories of like people bouncing back from any kind of shortcut, like paralysis type people. So Max's girlfriend, she does spinal rehab research. And I would hear a bunch of stories of people because that's like everyone's like biggest fear, right? It's getting paralyzed or something like it's horrific. And she was talking about how like a lot of these people, like the ones who actually like make the most progress are the ones who like pretend like they don't pretend, but like they act as if they're not paralyzed, right? Like they completely take ownership. You're like, all right, well, this is what I am and I'm going to make the fucking best of it, you know? And that's, that's like, you have to be. So we, just because I don't know, like we just have, this don't have as much time to work out, like you're good, you know? We just had this horrible tragedy up here in uh, in Canada. I've, I've stayed away from the conversation because I actually don't like making posts about tragedies or <clears throat> drawing a connection. I find yeah, people do that fuck. way too much. But uh, a bunch of young hockey players were, were all killed and a lot more were injured in this horrific bus crash. It was just it was an, a nightmare. But one of the young men, he is he's paralyzed. They that sort of they figured out that the injuries he probably won't ever walk again and the first thing he pops out and says like i'm going to play sledge hockey and he just puts out this super positive message and he's just going to go in in that direction and he arrived at that in just a few days let alone you know coming to grips with what had happened so i, I just thought that was really amazing and it just it resonated with what you just said that because and he's probably gonna like make so much more progress than if he had just blamed everybody, like blame the bus driver and blame this. And like, it, like it's, it's an accident, you know, and it's terrible. But like, because he took that mindset, like he probably will do like amazing shit, you know?
Yeah. Um, we always ask everybody for a great book recommendation. So I'm we got to end it on a non-sad yeah. note. Yeah, totally. Good fucking book. Um, so I'm going to kick you off the podcast if you don't have a great book for us. So uh, what have you got for us? Right. a lot of books, but it sounds amazing. All right, so so are you are you guys looking for like a like a fiction type book or like you a know city whenever type? you know the first book that comes to your mind you got like five seconds five so four, whatever you want one the first book that comes to my mind is Name of the Wind but I feel like you guys have probably been told that before have was you that, was that Robbie Farlow why does that sound it's so like fucking Robbie it's Robbie Farlow for fucking sure he said that fucking Robbie Farlow man uh <laughs> okay well then so like going back the 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 the, the War of Art you okay. guys ever read that Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, I love that book because like the the concept of like resistance isn't just like an art thing; it's very much anything. Uh, so that and it's very digestible. That book is. It's written like in little sections that are, you know, it's almost like a bathroom read. You, you could treat it as. Uh, so that book, that's one of the few books that like legit kind of changed the way I thought of things. And that doesn't happen a lot of times because they're they all say like the same shit, but like <laughs> that book's good. Oh, that's that's good. And that one keeps coming up. I haven't read it yet, and I know Pressfield's work is. Is allegedly really really good stuff. So dude, yeah, give, it's dude. It's such a fast read. You'd like it. It's a short book. That much I know. So I mean, easy to probably crunch it out in a day if uh, I put my mind yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. So now here's the where's the best fucking place to find you? Whether that's social media, whether that's website. What's the best way to consume what you got and find out what you do? So so right now the best place is Facebook. Uh, you search my name, Nick Sorrell, you can probably find me, probably. I don't know. Um, if hope. you Google my name, my site comes up, but I'm not super active on there. And there's also some Canadian fuck named Nick Sorrell. <laughs> I think that's who I got on the Skype call. Like, that's what I was trying to phone Nick Sorrell. I'm like, what's not working? Yeah, yeah with one L. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I get messages from his people, like, all the fucking time. Like, like hey, man, I love what you're doing with the gymnastics. He's like a, like a CrossFit gymnast <laughs> or something. I'm like, thanks, bro, but that's... <laughs> You know, it's not me. I was in Toronto. I know you guys are probably trying to kick me off. When I was no, in Toronto, we got all the time in the world, brother. All the by time. chance. And I was at this rooftop bar the first night, and this girl was convinced that I was him. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm speaking tomorrow. You know, like, you know, just ran with it. Like, we were all drunk or whatever. Like, so. So I think I, like, cock-blocked him indirectly that night. <laughs> but, like, show us some gymnastic stuff. You're like, no, no, you know, it's like, no, we're I'm drinking. Like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm saving it for tomorrow, man. And uh, no, I actually want people to, to try to find out where you are because I'm hoping that this resonated with people like, man, no, this guy actually does cut the shit and, and gets down to some stuff that I think yeah, a lot Facebook's of people are, are uncomfortable saying because they feel like they need to be politically correct all the time or very careful what they say. And I, I think we can get bogged down with that kind of thinking too. Um, so guys, like seriously, find Nick on social media, follow him. Uh, you've also got an Instagram as well, so you can follow him there. Yeah, and because you know we've had some fairly high profile people. I mean, we just had Holly Baxter on the podcast and Spencer Nadolski, and they've got really big followings. Eric Bach has a big following. Yeah, I, know, very, yeah. I know you're not quite out there as much, but again, one of the reasons why I bring people like you on this podcast because I want people to fucking find out who you guys are, follow you, and who knows, maybe someone hires you with your online coaching because they realize, wait a minute, like this guy's message totally resonates with me. This would be yeah. what I want to do. So, and then one of the other things I always like to say too is, you know, if You'll probably share this on your social media if you actually enjoyed it and you don't hate it. So some of your people are finding us for the first time. And we've actually interviewed some of your friends. We have had Robbie Farlow on here. He was our episode 25. Eric Bach was episode 24. You can go back to, yeah. was it like our sixth or seventh episode with Carter Good? It was like, it was way early on. 
Yeah. And so we've, Carter. we've pulled together a, a bunch of really great fitness professionals in the industry and people are probably not dissimilarly minded f- to what you are. So mm-hmm. hopefully someone checks out something like that. And if they decide, Hey, they really like the way we do things. Maybe we got a new subscriber. Maybe they give us a five star well, review. And what I want to preface for like, cause we talked a lot of shit, um, is that figure out your own problems before you try to Tony Robbins, other people. Cause like you're holding on to fucking dynamite with some people. And yeah. again, you can guide them to the wrong thing because you think you're going to just fucking solve all their fucking problems. And, um, yeah, just be careful with what you do and say, cause that can make a huge impact on people's yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And we talked in it in like total terms of like, we didn't even get into the science of, we just said some fucketry, but like, just be careful with the ammunition, I guess you could say, and try to find yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. And rate, uh, and rate us five fucking stars. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, man. Thanks, I can't man. wait to release You're this You're our first one. video podcast, FYI, so yeah. I don't know what that means. Oh, really? Yeah. We blew it. Yeah. I mean, we could have we could have had Holly Baxter video or even Sohi Lee way back when we had her on. Did we fuck up? We, we, yeah, but we just didn't have it. So Nick is our first guest. That's well, great. I'm setting the bar nice and low, though, so it's like just up from here. Yeah. Absolutely. And like you're wearing a white beater, he's wearing a white beater. It actually works out really well. True. I, I kind of yeah. have this thing. So I was in um, in Seattle, sorry, Spokane this past weekend. And so there's this dude there. I met him and uh, his name's Charlie. Charlie's a really smart dude. He's awesome. And so Charlie comes up to me and says, like, at first, you know, I, th- I thought maybe you were like Patrick Umphrey. And of course, Patrick and I, there's a running joke oh, yeah. we look like each other, except I'm 80 pounds heavier. <laughs> so Charlie messages uh, Patrick because they're friends and he says yeah there's this dude here kind of looks like you and then Patrick's like is he wearing sleeves <laughs> <laughs> it's a running joke uh, so anyway yeah, Patrick knew exactly who the fuck it was but Patrick yeah it's probably cold as hell up there too right yeah nah well it's, no, like, it's getting warmer now. Oh, it's like everybody makes a big five. deal it's not that bad it's okay now it gets cold in the winter yeah uh, I guess that's wrong I would be freezing probably going up there yeah. oh yeah you'd freeze yeah. your balls off we're just used to it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, With that, peace out, man. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Shut up and sit down.